What's up, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Triple Threat. My name is Scott Kaler. I'm accompanied by two good friends. Uh, one is our producer, James Stark. Uh, how you guys doing? And the other is Joey Dubois. What's up, what's up? Uh, we're a couple of seniors at Uxbridge High School, and we just thought it'd be a good idea to start a podcast, bring you guys some good news about what's going on in sports, and we're going to sprinkle in a bit of music here and there. Uh, that's basically the podcast. Today we're going to introduce all of our segments, and we're going to get underway with what's going on today with Hot Topics with James Stark. Alright, so Hot Topics basically, well, it's self-explanatory, it's with some hot topics in sports uh, today or the past week and whatnot. Um, first thing we have down is Usain Bolt. He just ran his last uh, race, at least his last 100 meter, I know that for a fact, up in London. And he uh, he just lost to two Americans. He came in third. Um to at least the guy who won, I heard, I had been in trouble for drugs before. Justin like, Gatlin. Yeah, I heard he was in trouble with HGH and whatnot. But I have, I'm not a big track guy, so I wouldn't know. Like, sure, I watched the Olympics, but... Uh, I'd say it's the end of a great career. I saw a crazy stat. Usain Bolt, from the year 2008 to 2017, he won gold medal every year in the Olympics and the World Championship, with the exceptions of 2011 when he disqualified for a false start and recently today with uh getting beat by the two americans but definitely end of a great career for usain bolt yeah like you said a great great career but it's a shame it's pretty much done now but you know it's good to see some americans back there on top after bolt's great reign so Mm -hmm. got the country back on the map apparently they're both from tennessee too did not so, know that. Tennessee yeah, some, some yeah everybody <laughs> from America, you think Tennessee of all states. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Usain Bolt is a long career. It's surprising that he was able to stay on top. I mean, three Olympics, he won gold medals. That, that's that's insane. I mean, that's the equivalent of Michael Phelps. I think sprinting with – there's not a whole lot of swimmers out in the world, I don't think. Like, comparatively, there's more track runners than swimmers. So to be able to be the best in your sport for a period of eight years is insane. Um, but yeah, I guess that's what we have for Usain Bolt. There wasn't too much to do. We don't know too much about track and whatnot, I guess. But uh, next we have Shaq's diss track to uh, LeVar Ball. And, Love uh, it. Yeah, I mean, you can't avoid the balls in the news nowadays. We were going to talk about it inevitably. Uh, but Shaq made a diss track dissing LeVar Ball after he said that um, him and LaMelo could beat... Was it him and MJ? Or no, it was, it was Shaq and his son. Oh, Shaq and... Sharif. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh... Clearly, that's not going to happen. No, but uh, <laughs> back to the diss track for a second. Shaq spits straight bars. I mean, people yeah. hating on it. I bump it. Hey, he good. used to. He used to, you know, legitimately rap. So he's definitely got some skills. We saw it on that track for sure. Definitely, mm-hmm. Shaq's always making his way in the news. With, but uh, back to that game. There's no way, no way they'd have a chance. I don't think Lamelo and Lavar would come even Who's close. Who's guarding who? That's that's my question. Lavar on Shaq. I mean, you I have and then Melo yeah. on Sharif. The size mismatch alone, Shaq's son's approaching seven feet. He's mm-hmm. definitely better than Lamelo. At least at this point, at, yeah. I mean, like Lamelo, clearly, like he's he's young. He's not as good as his brother. Like a lot of the people that Lavar mentions, like that Lamelo could compete with, or even Lonzo. But like I was watching a lot of Lamelo AAU highlights this last week. And he can actually play. Like, he's pretty darn good. Yeah, no, I mean, disrespect to him, but yeah. Sharif's no joke either. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. He's got a year on him, too. Yeah. So uh-huh. another, and that that's big at that age. And at mm-hmm. least six inches. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, like, I think Lamelo's only 6'2". 
I think he's yeah six two six three. He loves to say he's six four. I think. Yes. I don't buy that. Maybe maybe with the hair. Yeah. He dunked. He dunked in the He game. did dunk. Um. But yeah, no. Like I was watching. He dropped fifty six in the title game at his like last AAU tournament. They lost the game though. So like, I'm not, like I, every big baller brand AAU game I've watched, they've lost. Yeah, but the yeah. thing with that is like all these AAU teams. Just they're all-star teams, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. from areas. But mm-hmm. that big baller team is, for the most part, just Chino Hills uh-huh. kids that are going to be juniors Minus next year. Minus Onyeka. Yeah, Onyeka yeah. doesn't like him enough, I guess. But. It, he's probably underratedly the best player on that team, debatably, with uh, LaMelo. Yeah. But uh, question for you both. Would you rather see LaVar and LaMelo versus Shaq and his son or LaVar versus Michael one-on-one? Personally, I'd like to see the two-on-two battle just to see them get rocked mm-hmm. i like to see shack because like when you talk about um the smack talk and whatnot like watching shack humiliate lavar that would be very very entertaining like once again watching michael jordan humiliate him would be too but i think shack's more of a character than mj the way shack just, plays too is just yeah. embarrassing mm-hmm. like, just yeah, to just have shack back, back him down in the exactly. post every time and just throw down on him repeatedly would be fun to watch yeah, exactly so I, I think i'd rather watch that one too as much as i'd love to see the michael jordan one as well i'd rather see both like, true. I, I think i think the mj one could eventually happen i have faith that that could it's kind of like a mayweather mcgregor type-esque thing now where you have somebody i mean equivocally lavar is not mcgregor um but like if you're saying t- if you're saying mayweather and MJ are like Mayweather is the MJ of boxing and vice versa. Lavar is nowhere near as good. So basically, he's not going to stand a chance. No, like not, people no, would no. like to think maybe he could pull it off, but it, in reality, there's yeah. zero chance. Yeah, basically, I see what you're saying. All right, so uh, moving on from that, we uh, we have um Kyrie's um, big trade request, I guess, and it's the NBA free agency as a whole. Basically, wrapping up. Yeah, coming um, to an end. But like more specifically. Kyrie and this big revelation is nobody expected Kyrie Irving to request a trade within the past month, but he did apparently, and that, that's big news. Lots of teams would want Kyrie Irving on their team. I don't see why they wouldn't, but um, just seeing him want to go away from a team that is going to, to dominate or was going to dominate the East um, for the next few years. I mean, that's that's a big news. Most definitely, I'm interested to see if it happens this year, and if it doesn't happen. How's that chemistry going to be over in Cleveland? Yeah, because training camp, you got to remember, is only about a month away for basketball, maybe a month and a half or so. So they're going to be in the same gym, same locker room every day if Kyrie's still on that team. So, uh, and I, I don't know, because to give up Kyrie Irving, it's kind of, it's already kind of that same Paul George situation that we saw, where as soon as you hear this guy wants out, that value on that guy cut in half at least. So now you know, Cavs are expecting this offer but they're getting half of that offer, and then they don't want to give up Kyrie. So it's it's a tough situation all around because, like you said, Scott, if he's on that team, chemistry isn't good, but the Cavs also don't want to take you know 50 cents on the dollar for him. So yeah. it's a very bad situation all around. Who's the biggest winner of free agency? Uh, so far, I'd have to say the Warriors, as much as I don't want to. They retained everybody they wanted to. They managed to get Kevin Durant to sign back for cheaper than he's worth at most definitely. He's worth max anywhere he goes, and he took $17 million two year, or $34 million for two years, $70 million a year, I believe. Um, they were big winners, of course. Um, 
Outside of that, if you want to go back to the draft as well, the Kings did well. They signed three they had veterans. A great draft. Yeah, they great signed draft. three veterans to um, help mentor the young players they just drafted, and they drafted good players. I mean, Frank Mason was a steal. I think late. He's a um, he's a good player. I mean, his height may turn some people off, but he's he's a really good player. And to get him that late, and even just have like Justin Jackson in the first round, it's an impressive draft for the Kings. And I think they uh, they're finally taking the steps to push like towards making playoff run, maybe in the next five years. Another good one too. Um, the Rockets, just because you know, obviously still on paper, nowhere close to the uh, Warriors. But I just remember seeing something earlier this year about what their owner said, and he said. I like when owners and people in sports are realistic like this. He just said, on paper, no one's going to look better than the Warriors, but all any team can do is give themselves a puncher's chance against Mm -hmm. them. And I think with that Chris Paul acquisition, they really did that. They put themselves in a position where seven games, seven-game series, I don't know if you're winning, but you can at least get more than you could last year. So I I like that deal for Chris Paul. I think it gives them a decent shot. Both of you guys said West teams. I'm going to head over to the East might be a little biased here by saying the Celtics, but like you just said, no team stands a chance against the Warriors. At least we signed Gordon Hayward. Now we have Gordon, Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford. Tatum looked solid in the summer league, which would give us a chance to at least now beat the Cavs, especially if they lose Kyrie. Do we stand a chance against the Warriors? I don't think anyone does, but at least we can now get over that hump of the Eastern Conference Finals and get to the finals. And the other thing about getting Hayward that's great is instead of trading for Jimmy Butler or maybe Paul George, we keep all those young assets. So like you said, right now, Warriors look pretty much unstoppable. So, you know, you, you get better in the short term, but at the same time, you got to keep that long-term view. And I think they did that really well. So now, whenever the Warriors' reign ends, if it ever does, they're set up for, for that time too, which is good. Kind of upset about the loss of David Bradley, though. Yeah, no, I mean, in the end... He was going to be gone next year. You can't keep. Um, you couldn't keep him. He was expecting a, a near max deal because this year was by far his best year playing. He was absolutely gypped out of the all defense team. Hundred um, percent. But seeing like all the people who are expecting deals next year, and this is something that like I, I think it very well could happen. I don't know how people like it, but the possibility of adding Kyrie Irving and trading Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, first-round pick, and somebody else, or even, um, not Marcus Smart, um, like Jalen Brown or somebody like that, Jay Crowder, to add Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's four years, five years younger than Isaiah Thomas. He still has two more years on his contract, like this next year and the year after that. He might have one more, I'm not entirely sure. Um, His contract's not a max deal, it's cheaper. It's like $18 a year, but you'd have to give Isaiah Thomas um, a five-year deal around $30 And comparatively... Kyrie Irving still hasn't hit his prime. Isaiah Thomas just hit his prime this past year. I don't think you can go much farther up from how he did this last year. So the possibility of adding Kyrie Irving in exchange for Jay Crowder, who we we can have an excess of small forwards at this point. We definitely need to get rid of some small forwards if we want to make another move to get better than the Warriors, which is I think is very possible at this point. Adding Gordon Hayward was a big step. And then the free agents we did end up losing, like Kelly Olynyk. I mean, they're not crucial pieces to the puzzle right now. But having Kyrie Irving for the next few years for cheap, being able to possibly still make some moves. I mean, we still can make a move for Anthony Davis, but I think Isaiah Thomas at this point in time, it, it's tough to hold on to him because he's going to expect a whole lot of money. And defensively speaking, his defensive stats, he ranked last for his, um, for um, 
for all players in the NBA who qualified. Uh, he's not a max player in that aspect, and I think it's tough to have to give a guy $30 million for five years just because he's a hometown favorite at the time and he had one good year. He's going to be on the decline, and offering a max now is going to hurt us in the end. Definitely. So uh, if we want to move on to uh, the Hall of Fame inductions for the NFL were today. Um, the Hall of Fame game was uh, Thursday last week, I think. I don't even know. I can tell you, I did not watch. Don't know who won. Me neither. Didn't even don't know even what know, happened until I heard about it like on social media and stuff. I, I did not know it was taking place. And who I, I know the Cardinals were in it. Was the Cowboys yeah, too? Card- Cardinals and Cowboys. Cardinals didn't play go. any starters because Arians is pissed at their team right now, I think. Uh, and also, like, the fact it's preseason, it's not a big deal. But he was also pissed at his team. They were running wind sprints the other day at practice because they practiced extremely poorly. Uh, NFL for team. Right? Yep. Running wind sprints. I'd say the only only positive out of that game is it was a game. That means yep. it, football is right around the corner. We're, we're almost there. We're on the home stretch. Just to, just to point out how how pointless and stupid this game is, you guys remember what happened at it last year? It didn't even happen. The field, field conditions <laughs> were too bad that they just called off the game. So, so yeah, I, it shows, really a pointless shows how thing. much this game means to the yeah. And it's was, a shame too because it's such it could be such a cool thing, but it's just mm-hmm. like like you said, Coach Arians just wasn't happy with his team, so he just benched his entire starters. Like that just makes the game unwatchable, really, and not entertaining at all so what could be a really cool thing is kind of kind of ruined yeah i was you, yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead, now go we ahead, have Scott. the inductions i'm uh i know uh what's what's his name the owner jerry, jerry jones i don't know i forgot <laughs> that jerry jones terrell Kurt, davis terrell davis lt, LT Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner, jason, jason taylor Taylor, morton anderson the kicker he's the all-time leading scorer in nfl history the guy in the seahawks too yeah i i can never remember the seahawks i only played the, I, I think his name his nickname was the enforcer yeah the enforcer, kenny yes. easley 32, he intercepted 32 passes in seven years. That's impressive. That's, impressive. That's like four point. I didn't realize how, how stacked this Hall of Fame class was. Yeah, this that was is, a really... That is a solid mm-hmm. class right there. And I also think it plays in part to our age. I mean, we're not that old, so they're more recent memory, I guess. Yeah, these are people, I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't really watch them play, but these are the guys who you see the the tribute videos and... You just see what football used to be like back then. And Definitely just, LT and Kurt Warner, at least, are the two that I remember the most because probably right as I was getting into football was that uh, Cardinals-Steelers Super Bowl yep. with Kurt mm-hmm. Warner. Yep. I remember just thinking Kurt Warner some random old guy, but then afterwards I read up on him, and I don't know if you guys know, but really interesting story. He started off, obviously amazing, with the Rams, mm-hmm. and then... He started in, like, arena yeah, football. Yeah, that's right. I was going to... Yeah. I just oh, remember that, too. So And then worked his way up to the Rams... You know, it was great there, and then basically lost the starting job, was horrible for a few years, gets to the Cardinals, then leads them back to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it's just a crazy up-and-down career, and it's good to see it ending in the Hall of Did Fame. Did he quarterback the team, the Rams team that lost on yep. the two-yard line? Greatest, yep. greatest show on turf with uh, Marshall Falk and uh, Isaac, Bruce, Isaac Bruce. Torrey Holt. They had Torrey Holt too, didn't they? I think so. Yeah, and then uh, like I was thinking about that Cardinals-Steelers Super Bowl today, actually, and like the Cardinals deserve to win that. James Harrison had a hundred yard. That, that was right before halftime, right? Yep, I remember that. watching that game actually. And that that incredible catch that, that like, was it, it's ridiculous. Very difficult to ever replicate that. Just watching Kurt Warner in that game, he was so poised to win that he was calm collected. I mean, the pass to Larry Fitzgerald near the end of the game. There's about like two minutes left, I think, and it's just like a seventy yard strike right across the middle. It's a perfect pass, led him perfectly, and he Larry Fitz just um, splits all the defenders. I mean, they really deserve to win that. I was hoping he could win one more at the end of his career, but he definitely is one of the more notable ones. Terrell Davis, too. Um, you, uh, I just saw a funny story about him today. His first preseason game, 
he wasn't expecting to play, so I think it was at halftime he ate a chili dog, and they told him to go on special teams. He absolutely lit up the returner, uh, went back to the sideline, puked, and then went in at running back and earned himself a spot on the team. <laughs> that might be like the worst pregame meal I can think of, too, so <laughs> props to him for pulling that off. All right, so I think we're all set. That's all with we got our, for hot, hot topics. topics. Yeah. Right, so um, next up, we got today's today in sports history. So first off, we got a happy birthday shout out to Patrick Ewing. It's his birthday today. Great, great center. Uh, I saw a good piece on Paula's life. Is he the most underrated center of all time? Uh, it's tough because you know he didn't get a ring, but at the same time, he's in that era with Jordan. And then the two years Jordan wasn't in the league, Hakeem and the Rockets win them both times. Mm-hmm. So. It's tough to really fault anyone. Like, you hear people saying Barkley doesn't have a ring. But against those teams, you can't really fault them too much. So I definitely say he's in that discussion. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd say that. he's underrated or just overlooked. Because he was great center. He, he was on the Dream Team. He was all-star every year. He's Hall of Famer. But I don't know. He, it's just the ring. He's just not as notable. Like, you know the guy's name, but you don't really know what he did in his career. Like, you know that he was... <laughs> on the Dream Team. He clearly was a very good athlete, but I couldn't tell you anything about him other than that. I think it's because he didn't really have that, that personality. Like, yeah, that, that's a good Bar- point. Uh, Barkley doesn't have a ring, but he was just Charles Barkley, yeah, and he still is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's out there, he's everywhere, he's on TNT and everything, and that helps his legacy a little bit, I'd say. Patrick Ewing just kind of hides in the shadows, and mm-hmm. no one really knows. Yeah, Ewing, Um, interesting thing about him is when he came into the league, I don't know if you guys know this, but he was hyped like, to the max, like, supposed to be the next big thing. Out of Georgetown, right? Yeah, out of Georgetown. Mm -hmm. uh, Probably won a national championship there, I'd assume so. He might have. And, um, yeah, so he came in, everyone thought he was the next big thing, and obviously he was one of the best players ever, one of the probably top ten center ever, but I don't know if people, at least people from that era, might see him in a different light, just because they kind of thought of him as the next Kareem or Wilt, and then obviously he he was damn good, but... Definitely not on their level. I think what you said about the that era, if you ask someone who grew up watching basketball in that time, might be different from now because we look the way we look at it, it's MJ, Bird, Johnson, Hakeem, and he just he wasn't as noticeable yeah. as mm-hmm. those figures, and he just kind of gets overlooked. So, yeah. Also, today in sports history, a year ago today, the Rio Olympics began, and. Uh, not 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 the greatest Olympics. Not the greatest seen. Olympics. Uh, there was talk about that Olympics for months heading into it, just about mm-hmm. the water situation yeah. alone. People, people didn't know where they run a where the athletes were going to stay. They didn't know if the water was going to be healthy. They thought it might have even been relocated, but ended up happening there. And even the events that happened after the Olympic start were pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, thank goodness for Ryan Lochte. <laughs> I mean, or else I, this is a. And not a notable Olympics. Um, it was a bad situation all around, not being ready in time, worker strike, whatnot. But Ryan Lochte coming around, faking a robbery, and then becoming uh, just national news for the wrong reasons. I mean, he's an athlete at the Olympics, but he got national attention for criminal activity rather than performing well in his specific sport. And to seeing him, I believe he was actually, like, taken into custody in Brazil or something along the lines. I don't know the proper law terms, but, like, I'm pretty sure he was held and questioned in Brazil, which I think is just hilarious, <coughs> too. Um, but but Lockie, and, you know, I think he kind of dimmed the light that people, they were fo- mo- so focused on 
how locked he made this huge scene, people kind of forget that that was the last Olympics for both Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps. Mm-hmm. That, that Two is of the a... greatest Olympians mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. I, know, I don't know about you guys, but probably when I started getting, like, at least a little bit into the Olympics was 08 in Beijing. Definitely. Yeah. That, that I, was, I think that was the, when I first realized what the Olympics were. Yeah. yeah. And the main thing I remember is Phelps and Bolt, like you said, because that was when they both kind of really Sprung came onto, onto the, the scene. scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 04, then, it was kind of the, it was their first Olympics. Yeah. They were just getting used to everything, yeah. and then 08, they both just burst out of nowhere. And then 2012 in London, I nothing bad coming from that, from what I remember at least. Nope. I mean, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but I, I remember just smooth run it Olympics. Was just, and then again, Bolt and Phelps dominating. Exactly. Yeah, and then, and then, this then time just, Bolt and Phelps dominated this year too. But then Lochte with his shenanigans yeah. just overshadowed a everything. Shadow mm-hmm. uh, with Phelps, we could. Go back to hot topics for a second with his race versus the shark. Oh yeah, I, oh, yeah. About that. I don't did I didn't watch it. Did either of you? Watch I didn't it? watch it. I was planning on watching it, but then I mean, I was on I feel kind of stupid for like thinking this in retrospect. But when you hear Michael Phelps racing a shark, what do you think of? You think of him and then a shark. Yeah, right yeah. next to yeah. it. Uh-huh. And then ter- what, no, it was, what was it? Computer? It was, yeah, no, they, I watched they, it. They I watched record it the shark uh-huh. and then they took a bunch of take the shark out and yeah. then put Phelps in the water and have uh-huh. him go. Which I mean. Seems kind of obvious now that you're thinking about it. Yeah. here it, racing a shark. They kind of like, oh, yeah. I heard, like, everyone says, they do it every year. They say, they bring this something, and you're like, you you want to believe it, but you know you shouldn't, and then you get there, and you you can't turn away from it. You end up watching the whole thing, and you're thoroughly disappointed in the end. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I watched the video on Twitter. Somebody posted a link to it afterwards, and just watching it, they overdramatized it. I thought that was funny in the end. Like, it actually looked comical watching it. Um, but seeing how fast he can swim, like they made a modified fin for him. So yeah, he actually I heard about it. that. It was actually incredible how fast he was going. I mean, he ended up losing to the Great White Shark by two seconds in the first race they did. In the second one, he beat one of the sharks. He didn't beat the Great White Shark. He lost by like .2 seconds, I think. But he beat another shark. So like just seeing that a man was able to swim as fast as another shark, that that's incredible. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So um, uh, that's all we got yeah, for today in sports history. I'm just gonna go to the bathroom real quick, and then you all guys right, should keep yeah. going. All right, Joey's, Joey's gonna step out for a second, and while Joey steps out, we are going to uh, we're gonna introduce one of a gonna be a common friend on the show, recurring uh, guest, re- reoccurring guest. Don't want to steal anything from other yeah. podcasts, but uh, <laughs> our good friend uh, Doctor D, who is going to uh, have a segment, Doctor D's evaluations on. Um, New albums, mixtapes, and what's hot in the music world. So, Dr. D, the floor is all yours. What's up, what's up? So, today, uh, the uh, theme is going to be Flower Boy by Tyler, the Creator. Came out a couple weeks ago. You guys listened to it yet? I oh, bits and pieces. It. Not, I haven't listened to it start to finish yet, but... No, no, I haven't, I haven't listened to any of it yet. I haven't gotten around to it. But, well, uh, Scott, you said you gave it a, gave it a couple listens. What'd you think? I, I think it was solid, considering Tyler's been out of out of the game for a while now yeah. he came back pretty strong and i know the whole controversy around the album before it released was is tyler gay yeah well the the thing with that and the thing with tyler is that you never know with this guy the dude is an absolute nut so i'm still not you know it certainly sounds like it that, I, that's i don't want to say. believe it i don't think it's true yeah but it's mm-hmm. just with the with tyler you really never know so mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to listen to that particular song. That the song we're talking about is "Garden Shed," track seven on the album. It's hard to listen to that and, you know, think it means anything other than what everyone is insinuating it means. Him coming out, but 
at the same time, you never know with Tyler the Creator. Yeah, he's but yeah, Scott, like you said, I think it's a really good album just because. Can you give us some tracks? Like yeah, top tracks on the album. Um, well, the the first single that came out, "Who Dat Boy," featuring ASAP Rocky, man, that that one slaps. So I I like that one for sure. <laughs> um, what else do we got here? "See You Again" is another very good one, track four on the album. I really like that one. Uh, you got a great Lil Wayne feature in there, Scott. I, I know. did hear that. I heard song. that you I listened that to that song. one, and um, yeah, you, you hear the classic Lil Wayne lighter you hear the at the lighter, and then you, you're, you're like, you wait a minute, here, and then, and then it, there it is. So. And there's Wheezy. That's a very good one too. Quick song. That one's uh, track eleven, dropping seeds. Uh, um, comparatively, how would you rank this? Yeah, one to one, Cherry Bomb. No Cherry oh, Bomb. Oh, to Cherry Bomb, yeah. at least I'd say. A lot, a lot better. Yeah, just because um, the main the main problem I saw with Cherry Bomb is very all over the place. You couldn't mm-hmm. really pinpoint what exactly was going on. With mm-hmm. this one, I feel like it's the complete opposite. And the first time really in Tyler's career, I feel like a cohesive album, start to finish. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That uh, you know got good tracks throughout. And really, I mean, obviously I enjoy some tracks more than others. But looking through the track list now, not one track I don't like. Which I know at least on every other album, there's been probably at least two or three that every time they come on, you just automatically skip. Yeah, yeah. So these, I mean, good top to bottom, and you know some are better than others. Obviously, it's sad though because Who Dat Boy really has. You can tell he's trying to go for the radio at that one, mm-hmm. but still no love from the radio for Tyler. Nothing. No. Well, I mean, go Chance the Rapper. His mixtape dropped, and it wasn't until probably like six months and no mm. problem finally got on the radio yeah. so I mean you just gotta give it time I think yeah I, I really hope so cause at least Hoot Boy there's a few on here really cause it also seems like compared to past albums it seems like he always went like to his own lane almost to a fault at sometimes this time it seems like he's kinda you know listening to other people maybe and taking some more advice perhaps and it kinda shows with this like with songs like Hoot Boy where it is kinda more mainstream than older stuff from him so yeah I mean Another thing might be the radios know it's Tyler the Creator, know his what he's about. Exactly. His so it's, it's got to yeah, take one radio station to break the seal, and then I'm sure other radios will yeah. follow suit. Uh, sure. Scale of one to ten, I give it an eight. I'll eight. An that's eight a, that's sure. a solid. Yeah. That's yeah. A it's solid review. It's very that. good. I'm telling you, I, I definitely. Scott, at least for you, I definitely like listen to it. You know, more in depth than James, I definitely check it out mm-hmm. in definitely. the first place because it's it's definitely at least like. Whether you like Tyler or not, it's it's very interesting, and I'd recommend giving it a listen. So there you go. If you haven't listened to Flower Boy yet, give it a listen. Uh, get a nice eight review from Dr. D. All right, thank, so, thank you, Dr. Thank you, Dr. D. D. We'll be hearing from you soon. All right, uh, jo- uh, Joey just in, yeah. happened to come back. Hey, so, Joe. Oh, see you, Doc. See All right, right. Hey, so welcome back, Joey. We're going to go on to uh, our next segment now, which is the, the He Gone segment. Um, something I picked up on Twitter a while ago. Um, just the whole Hegon community, which is a bunch of parody accounts, uh, referencing uh, sports players possibly going to a different team, people who want to leave, people getting traded, coaches, managers, or just anybody who wants to leave a specific uh, situation. Um, the most important one out of free agency, I guess, would have to be Kyrie again wanting out of Cleveland. Oh, definitely. So, um, another one that only came up recently, Neymar. Neymar. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. He's going to PSG yeah, or he's, whatever he's already there. He was supposed to... Oh, he's- yeah, he, he left. Mm-hmm. I, I, there was a freaking whatever it's called. Uh, I saw the breaking news, and soccer just confuses the hell out of me because mm-hmm. it said something about the deal wasn't finalized, and there was some conflict with Barcelona and PSG and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't one hundred percent sure if he got 
traded or whatever. Yeah, the Liga wanted to void the tra- or void the transfer. That's, so oh, that must have been what it was. Uh-huh. What happens is I read up a little bit on it. I think I understand it a bit more now. Um, one club has to pay another club a transfer fee just to get the player on their team. So instead of trading players like in the NBA where you exchange two players per team, in this situation, one club gives another club a ton of money for whatever player they want, and then they can negotiate the contract and whatnot. And this was like a record transfer fee. I think the highest beforehand was around $100 million. This one was $262 million just for this one player, which is absolutely absurd. And then the contract they signed, he's going to be making over 30 plus million dollars a year for the next five years playing for PSG. And at first what happened with the whole situation was La Liga argued that there is no way that PSG has enough money to finance this transfer because comparatively like, it's like Man U and Real Madrid wouldn't even like logically have the amount of money to complete this transfer that PSG did. And PSG is a smaller market according to what La Liga said. Uh, but in the end... Um, lawyers stepped in and whatnot. Now Neymar is a member of PSG as of yesterday or the day before, I believe. This is why America doesn't like soccer as much. Too complicated. Yeah, and it just shows you how much I know about soccer. Little I mean, I to like, nothing. Mm-hmm. I talked to um, talked to a good friend of ours, Chris Metkowski. Oh, hey, 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 maybe we'll have him on the show sometime. Hey, maybe maybe we can have a couple of kids from the soccer team come in and enlighten us on how soccer works because I'm at a loss. Yeah. So um. Looking into it, I mean, he thought he wanted to see it happen. I believe, if I remember correctly, um, but like, he definitely agreed with La Liga. He mm-hmm. thought it was kind of ridiculous that PSG had just two hundred sixty-two million dollars laying around for this transfer. Um, this, think about equivocally an NBA team or an NFL team. Think about how much cap space you would need for something like this. I mean, I guess that's one way to consider it because it's. It's a lot of money just for bringing in one player, and you're not trading anybody, so you're not getting rid of their salary as well. I think it's incredible because they're that's two hundred ninety-two million dollars just put towards this transfer and paying him. So like that's almost three hundred million dollars just this year for one player. So thank, thank God the Yankees aren't playing soccer in Europe because otherwise they just <laughs> shell out everyone. all this money to everybody. So yeah, thank God they're in the MLB. Is this a is this considered a big blow to Barcelona because they still have Messi, Suarez, uh-huh. I, I don't uh, know Iniesta. if this is Iniesta. Iniesta's getting older. Like they're, I was looking through their um, their squad, and it's old. I, I didn't appreciate that. Messi and Suarez are both old. Like they, I think they're pat. Like they might adjust hit their prime. Recently. Messi's probably yeah. definitely heading. I mean, uh-huh. he's still definitely yeah one of the best one or two yeah. in the world. But he's definitely no. Yeah. He's not uphill anymore. He's starting yeah. that decline. But... Iniesta, Iniesta's on the decline too. He's thirty-three or so. Like so, he's definitely uh, at the back end of his career. Um, another soccer thing. I don't really know who cares, but it's something I saw was Gareth Bale, one of the best players in the world as well. May also want out of Real Madrid. Obviously, two pre- two premier soccer clubs in the world would be Real Madrid and Barcelona. Seeing two superstars want to move on from their team is mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, similar situation to Kyrie. I was going to who... say, I guess it's not just an American <laughs> thing. We, th- we always think us Americans are so greedy or whatever, but it seems like they're the same way over there in Europe, so I don't know. Seems like it's so... Yeah, soccer so- soccer fans, don't get mad at us if any of those takes are wrong, because I don't know if yeah, I was we're right. We're trying our best any... to interpret it. So yeah, well, maybe uh, something we didn't say in the start, we're going to have special guests from time to time. Maybe we'll have some soccer 
soccer people on mm-hmm, that if we ever have soccer <laughs> news because chris mckelsey i'm at a loss. talking to you yeah uh, yeah so i guess uh, that's, that's oh uh i wanted to say something about the he gone Kyrie. that i think if he actually leaves that will 100 percent segue into a future he gone segment for both kevin love and lebron yeah no the, if Kyrie leave i think lebron's already locked to leave honestly oh next year i yeah. would say that it's more likely than not that he's out and i don't think like the way Dan Gilbert and like the front offices uh, reacted this off season, like if they want to trade him, possibly get something in return, which is as crazy as it sounds. Seeing LeBron get traded from the Cavs, it could be a possibility. Outside of the fact that LeBron, there's no way he'll waive his no trade clause. I think he don't, doesn't want to reward this front office for how they um, built this team around this off season. So I can see that happening. Kevin Love, no, um, like. <laughs> Either he'll get traded, or once LeBron and Kyrie leave, he'll oh, have yes. to be at the centerpiece. Well, I was that. gonna. I th- I think they. I think he's under contract though for a while. And just when I, the only thing I can think of is, say they trade Kyrie and get some good pieces, but they don't get that that superstar or whatever to build around. And then obviously LeBron, if we're assuming correctly, he's walking next summer. They get nothing for him. If if they trade Kyrie, don't get much for him. LeBron leaves for nothing. Then they have. Only Kevin Love left on that roster. And then they're back in which case, to how I think it's pretty like five tough. Five years to... ago, and being one of the worst teams in the league. You have yeah. to keep in mind that Kevin Love's contract is pretty large. They have Tristan Thompson in that twenty million dollar year contract as well. So that's two pieces that are being paid twenty million around a year, and they're nowhere near the talent you need to run to the championship. And for that reason too, it's hard to move them. So uh-huh. if they want to move them, same situation as Kyrie, maybe you're not getting as much as you should. So. They're in a very tough spot now where they built that whole team around LeBron. Now, the there's a very real possibility LeBron might not be there after the season. So then they're really just in a big hole where there's nothing they can really do to, to fix it, at least in the short term. Where do we think LeBron's headed? L.A.? If, I'd say the if, Lakers, mm-hmm. if Lonzo and the rest of that squad looks like they have any potential this year. I, th- I think the only way he doesn't go to the Lakers is if Lonzo just is not what he's cracked up to be, and no one else on that team really, you know, improves at all. That's the only, like, only talk, right, is L.A.? Well, it, well I, I saw Miami. From, I was thinking Miami, too. The only other thing I've heard is the banana boat. Yeah, I was about to mention that, too. Him, what is it, him, D-Wade, Carmelo, CP3. and CP3. And CP3. Yeah. So they just have to find a team with the cap space to get all four of them, yeah. four or five of them. and The Knicks. The Knicks. You have to wait for some contracts to expire. Well, but what, if Ky- what if Kyrie goes to the Knicks? That would be an interesting <laughs> They send them all to the Suns. Well, wait then, for Tyson Chandler's I feel like, contract to expire, yeah. and then I think they have the room to do it. And then Devin Booker. Yeah, he'd but, go somewhere. But the thing with LeBron is, when he was when he left Cleveland for Miami, no, like nobody thought that that was going to happen. Everybody thought, you know, Cleveland, and then you know he's just going to make a big thing out of it, but then go back to Cleveland in the end. He didn't. He went to Miami, and then... After that first contract expired, everyone thought, oh, he's just re-signing with Miami. They won two championships in four years. Why would he leave? Goes back to Cleveland. So it's like, if we've learned anything from LeBron, it's that you never really know what he's going to do. So right now, it looks like L.A. is the option, but Mm -hmm. who knows? Whoever has cap space next year could make a run at him, and you never know what LeBron's going to decide to do. To build off of L.A., too, where would Paul George then end up after this season? If the Thunder don't perform well... I don't know where he would end up, but he said that if the Thunder do well, he said he wouldn't. He doesn't know why he would leave. So imagine if like Paul George and Russell Westbrook, they could stay there. They'd have the space to do it in the end because now they have Paul George's bird rights since it was a trade, not a free agent uh, signing. 
So that's interesting. And then also the last thing I want to mention for the whole he gone segment before we move on, the MLB trade deadline just passed. And there were a couple interesting moves. The Yankees going from their uh, staying there in the rebuilding stage, again going and picking up Sonny Gray at the, um, near the end of the trade deadline. Rebuilding, but yeah, they're classic, swapping with yeah. uh, Boston. Classic the... Yankees move. What are you doing? They got the best farm system in baseball by a mile. One of the best I've seen. And then you just trade three of, what was it, their top 10, top 12 so, or yeah. something? For, for, for a good pitcher, but are they going to win the World Series this year? Probably not. No. Probably not. So I mean, you see could you win the World them. Series three times in the next ten years? If you, I mean, they still could, I guess. But yeah. with those prospects, I don't. Know, I just don't think it's worth it for them to make a trade like that at this point. And then you, Darvish, going to the Dodgers. He had his first start last night. He's pitched seven scoreless innings. Yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of put um, the Dodgers up there for World Series. Yeah, well, they're already in, on a crazy run right now, and I think they acquired Darvish as well as. Uh, Tony Watson, a left-handed reliever from the Pirates, so mm-hmm. really just shoring up that rotation and that bullpen. Uh, they're they're a really scary team. They, they're they'd be who I'd bet on. To the hottest team in baseball that. right now. Absolutely. Yeah, them and yeah. the Astros. And Kershaw is still out, right? Yeah, that mm-hmm. that was a big reason why they got Darvish because Kershaw is out for I think until they're anticipating like the beginning of September or so. So mm-hmm. they really want to keep that mm-hmm. you know momentum going. Like you said, the hottest team right now. So Darvish is a legitimate number one starter. That. Yeah. They can put there for now. Them and the Astros each hold like ten game leads over second place in their league, which is ridiculous at this point in the year. Having two teams that are substantially better than everybody else, and like seeing like a lot of the divisional races, they aren't tight, and in, in either league except for the AL East right now is pretty tight. But other than that, the NL Central is pretty tight. But other than that, like I don't know. It seems like there's two really runaway teams right now. But in the end, like we've last few years, the Dodgers have never been able to compete in the playoffs. Yeah, I was gonna say with baseball, I feel like more than any other sport, except like maybe football, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it really is just a matter of who can win that day. Yeah, like I feel like definitely. with basketball, it's tough to beat a team like the Warriors. But mm-hmm. in baseball, any team is very yeah. beatable. I like, feel like so. Yeah, like you said, the football the Patriots on paper they look phenomenal. But if you have an off day. Then yeah. it's it's an off day and it's one game. Yeah, and it's yeah. funny because with football, I feel like that problem exists because you have a sixteen game regular season and yep. then you know one winner take all playoff. With baseball, it's a complete opposite. You got one hundred sixty two games, and you know best of seven playoff series except for the ALDS and the wild card game. So it's just funny how that works out. That and then baseball, you see so many upsets. Baseball. Players go in slumps all the time. If you hit a slump at a bad time in a playoff series, you're done. Whereas in basketball, if you hit a slump, you're usually out of it by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. You just shoot your way out of it, or you go on the bench for a few minutes and come back and you start fresh. Yeah, because baseball, how many times you bat in a game? Four or five. Four if you're then, lucky. Yeah. Four or so, five if you're lucky. Yeah, so you don't you don't get out of slumps that easy. So you're right with that one too. Basketball, you just put up a few more, and then hopefully one of them falls and you crack out of it. The last, the last he gone. Remember, like for the MLB trade deadline, Eduardo Nunez, fairly good pickup for the Red Sox right now. I like it. I mean, at first I didn't love it just because, um, obviously to me at least, the the more pressing issue was that bullpen, mm-hmm. um, and it it was just a strange trade too because they just called up Rafael Devers, who's supposed to be the next big thing for the Red Sox. So it was a bit strange timing to me at least, but. Nunez obviously off to a really hot start. He's yeah. a great player, so I'm glad to have him. But then I was even happier after we made that trade for Addison Reed a couple of days later, giving up pretty much nothing, just a couple of crap prospects for him. So 
yeah, I, I think the Red Sox are great at the deadline. All right, so we're going to move on, I guess, from here going then. All right, uh, now we're on to, oh, Joey, want to introduce Tweet of the Week? Yeah, so we got Tweet of the Week up next, and this is where each of us will pick our favorite tweet we've seen in the past week or so. So I'll kick us off here. My favorite of the week was hashtag ceiling challenge from Bleacher Report. Uh, the guy who actually did it himself was at lowflow24 on Twitter. And basically what this guy does is he just goes to a gym. So if you want to try this at home, just find a gym with a relatively low ceiling. And then you just got to shoot the ball. But instead of shooting it directly into the hoop, you got to make sure it hits the ceiling first before going through. And just a hysterical video. I definitely give it a watch if you haven't already. And you pull know, maybe jump. even give it a try. Shoot some pull-up gym. jumpers, and then the the ones that really crack me up are those reverse layups where yeah. he just hucks the ball right at the ceiling, and it just bullets right into the. He makes it look easy too. Yeah, it seems like he's been practicing that for years. Uh, my tweet of the week, I laughed hysterically at this. Also from Bleacher Report, was Baylor University, and they picked one of the seems like their assistant coach. Now this dude is. Probably no taller than five six, five seven. Short, little, stocky, chubby guy, and the they the team had him race one of those practice drones. And first, the, the dude gets at least a ten yard head start, and he beat ends up beating the drone. But then at the end of the video, the drone keeps going and takes out his legs, and the whole team goes into a riot. And it's it's just hysterical to watch this little stocky guy race a practice drone and then get tackled by it at the end. Mm-hmm. All right, so I originally had um, a tweet regarding LeVar Ball wanting to challenge Michael Jordan to a one-on-one, but as I was going to pull it up, I ran into one that I retweeted a few days ago that I actually appreciated. Um, you had Joe Shad reporting that uh, Lawrence Timmons hit J.H.I.E. so hard that Timmons' helmet came off, but J.E. bounced off and kept going and then put real football with an exclamation point at the end of it. And then a couple days later, Joe Shad reports that J.H.I.U. was out with a concussion. Ah, oh, there you go. Good old Miami football. <laughs> and seeing all of Ryan hey, not, Tannehill. Definitely, like, nothing else bad has happened in Miami. Yeah, right? Ryan Tannehill. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seeing Jay Cutler, like, the possibility of he coming in, I that was the first name that popped into my head simply because of Adam Gase. He had his best year under Adam Gase, and the fact that he's still a free agent right now. I, I was picturing Jay Cutler in uh, Miami Blue, and I, I can see it happening. Well, I actually Colin talked Kaepernick, to, talked to a, a close friend of mine who's yeah, me too, a diehard, me too. <laughs> uh, diehard Dolphins fan, Trevor Rafferty. Yep, Maybe we can have him on to discuss the Dolphins oh, yeah, situation, because I was sure pretty sure it was their year to beat the Patriots. Uh, I think I, th- I, I heard, I heard that. that, but um, he, he didn't like he text. didn't like the Jay Cutler idea. He, he'd rather have Colin Kaepernick on that team, mainly for the reason that he said um, you could get him at a much less price than what you'd have to pay Cutler. Because no one else wants him. Exactly. It was so, to which I thought, maybe because he's not good, but I mean, hey, uh, whatever whatever the Dolphins fans want, hopefully that's what uh, the organization does. But but I think we can all agree they still have no chance of beating the Patriots. No, I know. <laughs> Especially this year. Especially, oh, we're stacked. And Miami just, they can never do it. When, Especially uh, if they're... Go ahead. Oh, and it was funny because this was supposed to be the year that Tannehill broke to elite and made that final step to become one of the premier quarterbacks in the league, and he blew out his knee. And it wasn't even a contact play, yep. right? It was, he was just like taking a drop so. or something. It was a non-contact yeah, play. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. best, best, One of the best running backs in the league, and they're, they're soon to be great quarterback, <laughs> both out. Uh, when SportsCenter broke the news, like um, reciting Adam Schefter, uh, I tweeted at Trevor, as a matter of fact, to let him know that this happened. And then he said, give me the Dolphins roster, cap, or, Dolphins roster, 
Kaepernick and a tuna salad sandwich, and I'll bring home a Super Bowl. Maybe in Madden. That's yeah, the most bold statement I have ever heard. And I said, then t- you'll turn off your Xbox. They'd be lucky to beat the Bills. Yeah. The Bills aren't that good either. The Jets? The, the, no the one, in, the, no one in our division is good except for us. I was going to say, us. it's yeah. funny yeah. how the AFC East is probably weaker than it's ever been, except for the Pats, who are quite possibly stronger the than Pat, uh, they've ever the been. The AFC East is as strong as every other division just because of the Patriots. Yeah. I was looking at the Jets roster, and like clearly it's one of the worst rosters. It's a glorified I've ever expansion seen. team yeah. at yep. this point. Um, the Jets' whole team is their D line. Other than that, exactly. they're trash. Yep. And I was looking through their schedule, and I really wanted to see them go zero and sixteen because the only team that has gone zero and sixteen obviously was the Lions, which I support. And um, <laughs> diehard Lions fan, over basically. And then I was looking through their schedule, and I was really hoping they had a good shot. Like I know they played the Bills twice, and there's a good chance they'll end up beating the Bills one of those times. They end up playing the Jaguars, the Browns, and the Chargers this year. All three of those teams. And those are three of the bottom teams in the league. So it was really disappointing to see that because I was really hoping they'd have a tough schedule and they managed to go 0-16. But it looks like this terrible roster might actually be able to pull out a couple wins. Yeah, the Bills too. You said the Jets could definitely beat the Bills once. I think they could beat the Bills twice, honestly. The Bills are very, very, very bad too. Mm-hmm. Just no, no direction with that team right now, so... Yeah. Like they have good offensive weapons, too. Tyrod Taylor is a good mobile quarterback. LaShawn McCoy is one of the best running backs in the league every year. And Sammy Watkins back from injury. But looking past that, their their defense is extremely subpar. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they definitely have a good shot at beating the Bills twice. But I like I just, how uh, we brought up the point how all these teams, uh, how bad they are, but yet every year they think they have a chance at beating the Patriots. Yeah. Like there was one year a few years back the Bills started 4-0, and and I think they finished the year around 4-12. and yeah, hey, at least at least Rex Ryan's out of the AFC East now. No, no, no more listening to Rex Ryan all the time. So that's a good thing, at least. Uh, I think I think we're all good with uh, our tweet of the week. That's and tweet of the week. Um, our last segment for today is at the end of the day, and uh, what this segment will be is someone, an athlete, who's doing something stupid, and at the end of the day, they just should stop doing that. Probably bad for their image. And today, we're gonna go back to LeBron <laughs> and those stupid videos that he posts. The videos of him, it started like a month or so ago with that, the boom, 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 <laughs> with him <laughs> dancing in the gym and that got uh, so many mock videos and now it's him singing Meek Mill songs, right, with the caption, yeah. <laughs> never lose, and I'd like LeBron to take a look back to a few months ago. You got absolutely spanked by the Warriors. Probably not the best caption, so I'd just say at the end of the day, Put away the phone, LeBron. Yeah, or and, um, just stop making the videos. And at that, I think it was um, whose wedding was it? Do you know? It was Harrison, I don't know, but I know well, the one where Harrison they made Barnes, fun of. Yeah. I think it was Harrison yeah, he's Barnes. Got, yeah. He's got his own teammate there, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving made fun maybe of not teammate yeah. for long, but yeah, killing the chemistry him, even so. more. Yeah, like you said, it's just got to stop because nothing good is really coming from it, except you know more publicity for LeBron, which I don't think he really needs at this point. He's Definitely the most popular basketball player on the planet right now, so Definitely. he doesn't need too much more publicity, and that's all he's getting. And, and, it's, and it's bad. It's not. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not bad. good publicity, and it's just funny because Kyrie uh, or no Steph, who handed him a big L in the finals, and then Kyrie who makes him look like an idiot because he said, "Screw you, LeBron. I don't want to play with you anymore," and they're both mocking him, making fun of him, and everyone got a kick out of it. And I think these videos just for the people who hate LeBron. They just are more fuel to the fire to hate him even yeah. more. 
I was watching some of his son's AAU games where, like, he's been there recently. I, hate, I know him. what videos you're talking about. Those and also it, make me hate I, him even more. I don't get, like, one, he complains to the referees to the same level that he complains in, <laughs> in his own games. the NBA. And, like, it's just sad. Like, how old is his son? Like, around 12 years old, he's, maybe? He's very like young. Yeah, is, he so, even, is he even the coach of the team? Or is I, don't, he just, I don't even know. No, he, I, don't I don't think so. I think he's just I think a spectator he just, who yeah. just I think he the... just goes and sits on the bench with yeah. the team. And, and like the refs, the refs, let the refs. him walk into the middle of the court. He's the literally standing today, at center yeah. court while the other team's down there shooting. Mm-hmm. And then there's the video of one of LeBron's, his LeBron Junior's teammates getting an and one or whatever, and LeBron's picking him up <laughs> off the floor. It's ridiculous. If it's He's, anybody else, nobody would let that happen. But, but because it's, it's, it's LeBron, LeBron he gets a pass. Yeah, so would you guys see who he was at one of those games with? Uh, Nate get, Robinson. No, I didn't know that one. But you guys know Nav. Oh, the no. rapper oh. from Canada, yeah. like up and coming, like uh-huh. maybe like one hit. He Nobody just, really he knows drop, him. Just drop yeah, he, he just had a mixtape come out with Metro Boomin mm-hmm, that's what I thought. a couple weeks ago, and he's he's at this he's at LeBron's son's AAU game with LeBron. <laughs> one of the, one of the most puzzling things I've seen in a long time. I mean, hey, you want to go out? Go to my my son's AAU yeah, basketball game. Yeah, this guy who's not even that big. It was it was quite strange. If you want to build, if you want to build a. A fan base. I don't know if you want to go to LeBron for that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not the best guy to co-sign. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, Nate Robinson's son played LeBron's son um, a couple of days ago, and there was some kid. It wasn't either of them who was shooting the lights out, and like he was just the best player on the floor on that day. And it was it's funny seeing two NBA players have their one possibly one of the greatest of all time seeing their son get shown up by some random kid. So do you th- do you think LeBron Junior is just gonna grow up? Maybe. Starting even earlier with the hate that the uh, the ball boys have, just because of LeBron, I think it'd be a different kind of hate. I think it'd just be that everyone who hates LeBron would just pass the hate on to his son. Yeah, whereas I mean, everyone hates the ball boys just because of LeBron. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I definitely hate LeBron, but at least for me, and I'd hope other people do the same. I'll give it a couple years before I let that hate. I don't think you can hate on a twelve-year-old kid. Exactly, mm-hmm. that's what I mean. But I'm sure there'll be some people out there, you know, on the internet or whatever that that'll tweet hate at at a 12-year-old kid like you said, but they're already hating on a 16-year-old kid. I exactly. Mean, yeah. I'd say as soon as, you know, he's got to get a little bit older and then you can, and then cuz we don't even know what kind of basketball player he is at this person at this point, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like mm. we can nitpick his 12-year-old game, but I think we're all pretty bad at 12 years old, so and I'm sure he's I'm sure he would kill us when probably, we were He's probably 12. better than I am. Exactly. So yeah. it's there's nothing you can really say at this point. Give it a couple of years and then maybe, but he's a kid. Yeah, that's, that's tough stuff with parents like nowadays too. Like Lonzo, Lonzo's a good kid. Like he he's not he's out quiet. there. He doesn't yeah. even say anything. Yeah, but quiet. Levar just builds this terrible image around him. Yeah, uh, like I don't know about Lamelo either. I feel like Lamelo is kind of more like his dad than Lonzo's not like his dad. But uh, well, like, like seeing like that, like Shaq said, little Melo too added attitude hella cool. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. Well, Melo is just so strange to me because I don't know if you, like I I I pay a lot of attention to these kids. I don't know about you guys, but I I like their Instagram lives and stuff. Like I will watch those because they're just they're just like kids. Like they're just, they're just normal. I, I think they they do pretty a good job at yeah. blocking all this. Out. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just interesting to see that because you know to to everyone else they're these massive celebrities, but at the same time they're just kids. And I like you know seeing that once in a while. But the thing with Melo is, like you said, he is like Lavar that he's he's over the top like that. Much different than Lonzo, at least with his friends. But then the other day, I read an interview with uh, with Mello, 
and everything is just the same as Lonzo in this aspect. Everything's like a one or two word answer. <laughs> so it seems like Lonzo all the time is a pretty quiet guy, but it seems like Melo can kind of turn it on and off. Yeah. I so think... it's funny because it seems like Lonzo's at this end of the spectrum where doesn't say anything. Melo, whenever he wants to say something, he'll say something. And then there's LeVar, who just who has just zero filter and just says anything. Yeah. yeah. Like, obviously, nobody really talks about LiAngelo. He's most, he's, he's the. <laughs> definitely the least talented out of the bunch. There was Very talented that, yeah. basketball yeah. player, but. He he's... dropped 70 in back to back games. <laughs> I didn't was... know that. Yeah, but <laughs> 70 he started off, I think his first shots, four maybe. games were, like, like you said, 70, 60, and then 250s. Yeah. And then... no, he, he can score very yeah. well, but the thing with him, it, it's all, I mean, I think this year will be the year that makes or breaks him. I mean, I feel like it's pretty easy to say, but you know, he's he's playing, it obviously is like good high school competition, but there's not many kids that are 6'6", six, six, what is he, 240? He's a big yeah, he's kid. And just all strength. There's not many people that can match up with that in high school. Now in college, he's going to see some people that can match that physicality, so yes. it'll be interesting to see how that works, because the thing with Lonzo, it's his transition was kind of seamless. With Mello, Mello's game seems like it's kind of going to work too. But with Jello, I'm just afraid he feasted on those little kids that they put on him a little Definitely. too much and that at this next level he might not be able to do Does that. Is he 100% playing at UCLA? Yeah, yeah, yeah he committed. Practicing and everything. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So he he's definitely there next year. But LeVar also said that they're all going to be one and dones, but I think Jello's got to get some playing time yeah, at UCLA to really build up a draft stock. But definitely. We'll see. We want to add one more at the end of the day just popped into my head. Lavar saying he's a better tight end than Gronkowski. <laughs> the day. I, I forgot about uh. that until right now. But like the fact that he thinks he can compete with Michael Jordan and Shaq and even Rob Gronkowski when he was signed to the Jets practice squad as a tight or not as a tight end, he was a DN I believe when he was on the Jets practice squad. Didn't he, someone recently also like after he said that said he was trash? Well, that, I not, forget who it was, but someone not surprised. The at thing all. with Lavar though, that's really interesting with that, is that he literally started playing football. I think when he was like sixteen. <laughs> so I mean, it is like obviously there's no way he could beat Gronk, but it's kind of crazy that he started playing at sixteen. Played, I think he played at a Division One college football mm-hmm. for at least like one season, and then made a couple practice squads, that's crazy. like playing like five years of football. That's I don't insane. Know, yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the footage of him on. Monday Night Raw a few no, weeks no, ago. No, He's no, a big yeah. dude. That's what I mean. I was, someone said it's the shirts. The shirts make them make him look uh, a little chunkier than he is. He's got he's yeah pretty muscular. So he, I don't know. It's it's he's he's definitely like a better athlete than probably any of us, any of us are ever gonna be or I, I anything think, like that. But it's like yeah the fact that he says that he can beat Michael Jordan in basketball and Gronk or and that he's better than Gronk at football that it's just absurd. I saw something. I don't know what the direct quote was, but I think he said this is all for hype to build the brand, which is smart. Cause doing a good job. At it, it, sure. it's, it's working for him. Definitely. I love shirt. But hey, so I just looked up his weight. He's six, six, three twenty. Three twenty. He's 320 pounds. Holy. Uh, he doesn't look yeah. that big. No, he's a, he's a big dude. He doesn't maybe, look maybe, six, six maybe Jello is six six three twenty at this point too. We'll see. <laughs> He's got a similar build. The, did Jello play football? I, someone told me that he was also very good at football. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but definitely got the build for definitely it. Definitely got sure. the build. I heard he was a tight end, which would be a coincidence. Let's see Mello play some football. Uh, yeah, that that'd probably, be... probably wouldn't work out so well for him. <laughs> that'd be interesting. Mello's probably six four, one hundred seventy five pounds. If he's, yeah, he's a dude. he yeah, he's his arms are twigs. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I guess at the end of the day... LeVar, at the end of the day... LeVar maybe should chill out a little bit. 
I know, like, it's, it's funny to see, like, the MJ things, because it's comparatively basketball with his sons being basketball stars, but going to the football thing is he made a couple practice squads. Maybe that's a that's a, where you're pushing it a little too far. I think at the end of the day, we talked about it earlier, the balls are going to work their way into nearly every podcast. <laughs> they already made it in here twice already. Yeah. And oh, they, weren't even, they weren't even supposed to be in this segment, but they worked their way in. Uh, yeah, so I think that's all we got for this podcast. Thank you if you've listened to it this far. Continue to listen, tell your friends, and we'll be back soon with more hot content. So thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. See you next time.